morning. Please join me in our baptismal liturgy this morning, a responsive reading on baptism. We gather to witness the story of God's salvation acted out in the waters of baptism. In holy worship, remember your baptism and give thanks. Through our baptism, we are marked as a people who believe in the radical act of redemption through Jesus. We do not know what new thing will be born in us, but we ask God's grace to respond in Christ-like love. God, drench us in the living waters of your love. Immerse us in the depths of your spirit. Amen. This is Matthew North. Many of you know Matthew. He has been around here for quite a while, uh, working in our uh, Upward program for several years. Um, and he has come and united with our church. He has professed his faith in Jesus Christ. And he has come in baptism, as a candidate for baptism, to tell you in the world that Christ is his Lord. He has made that profession of faith in Christ. He has yet said yes to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in this act of baptism, we are symbolically burying him, burying the old life that he had once. But we lift him up again out of the waters. A symbol of the resurrection to a new life. A symbol of cleansing. A symbol, a symbol of drenching us in the grace of God. Matthew. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. God's grace on him and upon you. And here there is much water. What doth hinder you from being baptized?
for all you visitors, I'm not Dr. Tim Hobbs, but he's back there putting on his makeup and getting all dried off and everything. So let me just please say welcome to Community Baptist Church. We are glad you're here. And we would like for all of our visitors and our members to take the opportunity to sign the attendance sheets. And Lydia, if you'll hold up one of those attendance sheets, maybe our visitors don't know what those look like. Please sign in for us so we'll know that you were here. And if you are a visitor to our church today, at the end of our service, we would like to invite you to come over to our table because we have a free gift for you. All right, let's see. Let me tell you some things that are going on at Community Baptist Church this week. For all you folks that want a six-week blast of exercise, we have a Zumba class starting tomorrow. Men and women alike, we have a six-week session Zumba. Monday nights at 5.30 and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. You come in as a certified Zumba instructor, pay $2 a session, and get in shape over the summer. Um, Also, if you are interested and if you can join the mission trip, we need you to fill out one of these sheets. The mission trip will be July 24th through the 30th. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. So please sign up for that if you're able. And then also, um, Nibby, you want to say a little bit about your hymnals, please? The envelope for the hymnals. If you um, didn't have the opportunity to last week, we are collecting money for our new Celebrating Grace hymnals, which is the new hymnal that um, was commissioned by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And we encourage you, if you haven't already done that, to uh, fill out this envelope. Be sure you put them in this envelope so our um, administrative assistant uh, can get that properly allocated. Thank you. And also, I want to invite the parents, if you have a parent of a fifth grader through senior and you're planning on going on the Panama City trip, which is July 4th through July 9th, there is a parent meeting today at 1.30. Julie will be here to do a parent meeting for all the do's and don'ts when we go to Panama City on July 4th, okay? The only meeting I see today is a deacon's meeting today at 5, and as far as I know, that's still on. Okay, still on. Deacon's meeting today at 5 o'clock. So at this time, let's stand up, greet the ones around you, make our visitors feel welcome, and welcome to Community Baptist Church. Okay, all of our children, would you come forward for our children's sermon? Miss Mary is going to lead us. We're going to kind of... And I think our children are going to lead us with something. We're going to kind of do something different today. Let me make sure here I've got what it says here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we had a fantastic week for Vacation Bible School. We started on Monday and we ended up on Thursday. And some of the students, school's out, some of the children here worked very hard on a song. And Miss Summer is going to help them with our song. This is our theme song. Emmy, you were at Bible School, weren't you? You want to come on up? Now, we're going to ask all of you to get up and do the Vacation Bible School song with the kids if you want to. And if you guys will go on up there and get ready. 
We had over 100 kids here every day this week. The kids did a wonderful job with Vacation Bible School. Pardon? They're, they're getting there. Public speaking, 101. Okay. I'm going to turn this over to Summer Bennett. Summer and Kirk Haynes were responsible for doing our rowdy wrap-up every day, and they did a phenomenal job. So, Summer, take, take it away. The scripture today is Acts 2, 1 through 11. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Let us pray. Dear Lord, this is the time we come praying that you open our hearts today, open our hearts to your message. Seeing the children here, uh, knowing what Bible school meant this week, uh, it's about the mission of this church. And through the experience this morning, we pray that our faith will be strengthened and that through that faith in your power given to us, that we can continue the mission that you have sent us about to do. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.
can imagine five students, five children with that much energy, you can imagine how much energy we had in here with a hundred kids. It was wonderful. At this time, um, we have something else very special starting today, and I'm going to invite Kirk Haynes up. Kirk has come to us with a mission of starting Children's Church for grades three, four, and five. And at this time, we normally break um, preschool goes with Kelsey. I take grades one and two, and now Kurt will be taking grades three, four, and five upstairs to the new room upstairs. So please thank Kirk Haynes and welcome him to say a couple words for us. Thank you, Kirk. Good morning. The Bible verse each day uh, at Vacation Bible School came from Psalm 139. The words will not be printed on the screen, but if you have a copy of God's Word and of your Bible, you can find Psalm in the Old Testament. It's about midway through. And I'd like to read all of uh, the first 18 verses because this is what worship is. This is what we'll be doing upstairs each Sunday for third, fourth, and fifth grade. And if you're in third, fourth, or fifth grade... I want you to have a seat right here in the front row and grab one of those tan books that says the Baptist hymnal. We're going to take the Baptist hymnal with us upstairs so that the adult worship can have uh, the new hymnals that were commissioned by the Baptist fellowship. Psalm 139 from God's holy word. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, Even the darkness is not too dark for you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you, God, who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful works are yours, and I know them very well. My frame was not hidden from you, which I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes behold my unformed substance, and your book were written all the days of my life. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God, how vast is the sum of them. I try to count them, they are more than sand. That's worship. And worship uh, that we, the church, teach our children. So we'll be having greeters and we will be having announcements and hymns and we will be having scripture readings and even a little preaching. And all of our children will be learning how to do that. Sometimes we'll join you for adult worship. 
few things that I'd like you guys to know. So when Sunday school is over, you don't have to come downstairs unless you need to be with your family for some reason. You just come right there in that room where the door's open and the light's on. And we'll try to time our worship service so that we're all finished at the same time. Um, if you are in grades three, four, or five, would you please stand? Grab one of those tan books that says the Baptist hymnal on the front and come with me. Enjoy your adult worship. beautiful day and we thank you for the many many blessings you have brought into our lives we pray for your strength and your courage and your guidance to help us through the hard times we all have hard times we pray that you will help us as a church to truly live our mission statement being the presence of Christ in a world at need the world does feed you more now than ever, and we pray that each and every one of us will receive guidance from you as to how we can best do that. Bless, O oh Lord, these tithes and offerings that we bring to you and use them to your service. Amen.
John, one of our favorite hymns, one of the all-time favorite hymns of almost everyone in the world, and we thank you for uh, bringing that reminder of God's grace to us. You know, a, a clear and accurate communication is very important for any person um, to be able to get along with others. I, I heard about one man who was lecturing in Latin America, and he was planning on using a translator as he gave this lecture, but in order to identify with his audience, he decided that he would begin his speech by saying in Spanish, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, he arrived at the auditorium a little early, and he realized that he did not know the words for ladies, ladies and gentlemen in Spanish. But being the resourceful man that he was, he went to that part of the building where the restrooms were located and looked at the signs on the doors and memorized those two words. And then when the audience arrived and he was introduced, he stood up and said, Buenas noches, baños y escobos. Well, the audience seemed a little confused. And he didn't know whether he had offended them or if perhaps he hadn't or they had not heard him or understood him. So he decided to say, to say it again. Buenas noches, baños y escabos. And then one person in the audience began to snicker a little bit. And pretty soon the whole audience was roaring in laughter. And finally someone told the man that he had just told them, good evening, bathrooms, and broom closets. <laughs> I guess it pays to know the language of the people to whom you are speaking. And of course, even the many dialects in our own country, with that, it's sometimes difficult to understand people of of different regions of our country. I heard about a, a New Yorker who was visiting the home of one of his southern colleagues and, and the man's wife introduced him to their daughter, to their little daughter, and she told the man, her name is Marlon. We named her after my favorite movie star. And so the New Yorker asked, you named your daughter after Marlon Brando? And the, bob, and the mom said, no, silly, I named her after Marlon Monroe. It helps if you can speak the language of the person with whom you are speaking. And that's one, of the, that's one of the things that I love so much about this story from the Bible, about this first Pentecost. We know the story. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a, of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now there were there were God fearing Jews staying in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a, a crowd came together in bewilderness because each one of them heard them speaking in their own language. <clears throat> Utterly amazed, they asked, are not these all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And then there's a list of some 15 nations which were represented that day. And by the way, Pam, you did a marvelous job (laughs) at reading that list. Some of those names are not very easy. What an amazing event that was. And I've often wondered whether this was a miracle of speaking or a miracle of hearing. Did these uneducated Galileans speak in all of those different languages or did they speak in their own language and those listening simply heard in their own language? Either way, it was a wonderful, wonderful miracle. Ron Mel tells about one of his uh, favorite movie scenes that takes place in the classic Christmas movie, Miracle on 34th Street. Little girl is brought into a department store to visit Santa Claus. The girl's guardian isn't sure that they should have brought her to see Santa Claus there in New York City because this particular little girl only spoke Dutch. She was in the United States trying to avoid the war in, in, in Europe and she, she only spoke Dutch and the woman doesn't want her to be disappointed by a Santa Claus who can only speak English. But as Santa takes this little girl onto his lap, he looks into her beautiful eyes and begins gently speaking to her in Dutch. The little girl's face lights up like a lamp because Santa Claus knows her language. I wonder if the writers of this movie movie even knew that once upon a time, a thing like that really did happen. On the day of Pentecost, a group of Galileans were testifying And people from at least 15 different countries heard them speak the message of Christ in their own native language. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about how difficult communication is, even among those who speak the same language. Communication is difficult even among people who share the same experiences. How many couples in counseling say, We've lost the ability to communicate. And here on on this day of Pentecost, we have people from across all spectrums of languages and nationalities and experiences understanding these humble messengers of God. So what can we learn from this story? Well, first of all, I think that this story is telling us that the Christian faith is a universal faith. People from all over the known world understood the gospel message that day. And I think that there was a reason for that. I mean, think about it. Why would God have all of these folks from all over the world to to be here to hear the gospel in their own language? Why would God want to do something like that? Well, here it is. It's because the message of Christ was meant for everybody. Everybody. Not just us. Everybody. You know, like everybody else on this earth, we here in America have a tendency to be somewhat ethnocentric. And what that means is that many of us think That everybody else in the world ought to be like us, just like us, look like us, dress like us, talk like us, think like us, act like us. And and also, like everybody else in the world, we think that God likes us best. I mean, after all, we are a Christian nation, aren't we? Or at least we think we are. And so it shocks us when we realize That God's a a universal God. 
God is not limited to the United States. I'm glad that God's here. But God's not limited here. God's not limited to our way of doing things. And, and I know that intellectually we understand that. But on, on a more basic level, we want God to be like us. We want to create God in our image instead of the other way around. I mean, surely God speaks our language as God's native tongue, right? Surely God has values like we do in our country. And then we meet a Christian from Africa or Asia or Europe or South America who has a different idea about God and it, and it disturbs us. We thought that God, we thought we had God all figured out. And, but then we find out that there are people from other parts of the world who have different ideas about God. And it upsets us. It used to be said years ago that, that it was always interesting to watch the, the German Baptists and the American Baptists at the social functions at the, uh, the Baptist World Alliance meetings that they had. Because, you see, the Americans were always shocked that the Germans were drinking beer. And the Germans were always appalled that the American women were wearing makeup. My friends, there are wonderful Christian people in almost every nation of the, of the earth. And they naturally see the world through the lens of their own culture, just like we do. And, and they think that their way is best, just like we do. But folks, let me tell you something. Our God is a God for everyone. God is a God of the Chinese and the Congolese, of the Iraqis and the Afghans, as well as the Canadians and the Americans. And God has no favorites. What God really favors is justice and righteousness and compassion and love. And wherever you find characteristics like that, that's where you're going to find God at work. And what, is, and what God is ultimately seeking is, is for that day to come when, when all of the world will know God's love and God's peace. And, and we will all know ourselves to be brothers and sisters in Christ. So you see, the Christian faith is a universal faith. And that's the first thing that this passage teaches us. And the second thing is this. I think it says to us that God comes to us just as we are. Just as we are. People from all over the nations of, of, of the earth, of the known world at that time, they came to Jerusalem for this festival that they were having and they heard the gospel spoken directly to them in their own language. And that is critically important. Ron Mel tells another story that speaks to this truth, I think. He tells about a time when, when the children's choir in his church sang a song for their service, kind of like what was happening here just a few moments ago. And after they sang, Mel learned that there was a certain little boy in the audience who was deaf. As the, con as the concert progressed, it, the deaf boy had at least a, a mild interest in watching the children sing, but there was really no message there for him. I mean, how could there be? He couldn't understand any of the words that were being sung. But then everything changed. You see, the choir began to sing in this little guy's language. They sang the song while they were signing the words for their song with their, with their hands and they were singing and signing that beautiful little chorus Jesus we crown you with praise Jesus we crown you with praise we love and adore you bow down before you Jesus we crown you with praise and this little boy suddenly suddenly stood up on his seat and his eyes lit up as big as saucers they were singing to him he could hardly contain his joy and his little hands began to, to sing with them as, as he signed along with the choir. And when the choir finally finished, this excited little boy thought that this evening had been planned just for him. And you know what? He was right. Because you see, whoever we are, God speaks our language. We don't have to have a, a college degree in, in order to hear God speak. 
We don't have to speak English. We don't even have to speak or hear at all. For you see, God's language is a, is a language of, of the heart. Because God speaks to us just as we are. And that's not only true of the languages that we speak, but it's also true of our personalities. God speaks to us in different ways depending on the type of person that we are. Have you noticed that, that people are different? Have you noticed that? Of course, some people are more different than others, but people are different. You know, some people are quite easygoing and they seem to be able to get along with just about everybody else, anybody else. And, and there are other people who are very precise and they want everything done just right. There are some people who are party animals and they are energized by being around other people and they like being in the, in the limelight and they try to make every moment, every event that they participate in an enjoy, enjoyment for others. And then there are some who like being in control. And they can be impatient with those who are not as action-oriented as, as they are. People are different. And to a certain extent, God created us that way. It's, it's a part of our genetic code. And some of us are more emotional while others are more intelli- uh, intellectual. And, I, and I'm convinced that God speaks to engineers differently than God speaks to artists. Wouldn't you agree? You see, engineers need all the nuts and bolts of faith. While artists sense a bigger canvas. But the point is that God comes to us where we are. And God speaks our language. And God speaks to us according to our own needs. In worship, we gather here. Some people respond more to the the scripture then that is being read while others respond to the liturgy. Some respond more to the music and a few may even respond to the sermon. Some people respond more to the beautiful worshipful tones of the organ and the piano while others respond more to the celebratory music of guitars and drums. People are different. And Christ breaks into our lives in different ways according to our needs and where we are and who we are. And that, my friends, is the meaning of incarnation. You see, in in Christ, God entered into this world. Why? To draw close to to humankind and to reveal to us what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. He came into this world to help us to prepare for the coming of God's kingdom. God came to us at Christmas in the birth of Jesus. And God comes to us at Pentecost in the form of God's Holy Spirit. God came speaking our language so that we might know who God is. And so that we might have the abundant life that God offers to us. And now. Now it's our mission. To translate the gospel of Christ. Into a language that our friends and and that our neighbors can understand as well. I think that's probably what happened with the folks who, who heard this miracle take place on that day of Pentecost. Those who heard and and welcomed this message, the Bible later says there were about 3,000 of them. Those who heard and welcomed this message probably took it back to their own lands and laid the foundation for Christ's message to begin in Jerusalem and spread to Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And that's what we need to do as well. Take it out there. Share it. Dr. Daniel Loy tells about Marilyn Laszlo. She's a Bible translator in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. In the small village of Juana, Marilyn teaches the people to read and write in their own language. And she's aided aided them in forming a strong church in this little village. And one day a canoe came to their village, had 15 people in this canoe from a distant village. They were seeking medical help and 
They stayed for about a week in Maryland's village in Juana there, and, and they attended services where they, they heard the gospel of Christ for the very first time. They had never heard it before. And before they returned home, the visitor, visitors asked, could you come to our village too so that we might know about God? And so several weeks later, some Christians set out for their village, and when they arrived to find a, a when they arrived there, they, they found a, a new building standing in the, in the middle of their village. Very distinct from all the other houses around it. When the missionaries asked about this building, they were told, well, that's God's house. That's our church. Well, this puzzled the missionaries. They knew that there had not been any Christian work in this part of the country at all. And so they asked, what's the building for? And the people said, well, we saw the church in your village. And our people decided to build a church too. Now we're waiting for someone to tell us about God in our language. My friends, I think that there are people in this very community who are waiting to hear the gospel of Christ in a language that they can understand. And we dare not wait for them to learn our language. <laughs> the lofty language of spirituality and theology with words like transfiguration and incarnation. Those words don't mean a thing to someone who has no experience with God. so we need to translate the gospel using words like love, compassion, forgiveness, acceptance. Words that no one can misunderstand. We need to translate that gospel into those words and those deeds. God speaks to us according to our needs. And our challenge today is to speak the word of God to the world according to its needs. Are you up for the task? You up for it? Well, let me tell you this. With the power of God's Holy Spirit coursing through our hearts, we can do it. And really, we probably can't help not doing it. And we can celebrate the miracle of transformed lives because God's Spirit works through our spirit to tell the world around us that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. We're going to sing today, number 610, What Can I Give Him? And this is our hymn of invitation. And we invite you today to make a decision for Christ if you need to do that. We invite you today to say yes to the grace of, of Jesus Christ. And, and maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've heard the gospel many times, but have never just never responded to it. Or maybe, maybe this is the first time you've heard it in a way that you can understand it. And I hope you, you have understood the words that I've spoken today and the words that we have sung today. But the important thing is that you, that you understand that God loves you more than anything else in the world. That's why Jesus came to this world to, to tell you that and to show you that. He loves you more than anything else in the world and He wants you to have that abundant, eternal life that He has promised to give you. If you've never made a commitment to Christ, I invite you to do it today. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to unite with our church this morning as we try to be the people of God in this community part of the kingdom of God in this community. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We invite you to come and we will pray. Would you come as we sing together?
What can I give him? God, may we leave this place drenched in the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ. May we leave this place empowered by your Holy Spirit as you empowered your disciples so many years ago. And may we leave this place with the word of your good news on our lips and in our deeds as we proclaim to the world that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Go with us, O God. Show us your way and help us to follow. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.